It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Yes, my friends, it is that time of week that we all look forward to when we can bow down and genuflect before her royalness her highnessness, her lovelinessness, her most knowledgeablenessness. Our princess, our very own royalty, our very own princess, Diana Me, welcome, Your Highnessness. How are you this morning? I am always so happy to hear your voice, <laughs> Sir James, the Duke of AKA Boast Nerdly. Yes. And for that guy who kept who wrote me and said, I'm so pathetic that I keep calling myself AKA Boast Nerdly. I hope you're getting enough AKA in your life now. <laughs> Thank you. You deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he sent me an email. And by the way, if anybody else wants to send me an email, and by the way, Diana, Princess of Policy, Your Highness, you get a lot of uh, mention. I have to forward you some of the emails I get about you. People love you. Oh, so. dear. Well, I will forward them on to my husband because he is not taken with the whole royalty thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he should be used to bowing down by now. <laughs> oh, no. That is not happening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So now, sadly, D- Diane, I was so troubled. And I'm like, I was really troubled after yesterday when we talked about uh, what is going on in, in, in with this children's hospital. I, I still have a hard time believing that this is actually happening, but it is. Teaching young boys to tape up their genitalia, shove it inside their bodies, or get underwear that hides their genitalia. And then today we hear about this sex camp that's open for teenagers to teach them how to be prostitutes, teach them self-abortions, teach them how to do S&M and bondage and all this. What in the hell is going on in this country? Well, as you noted in that story, that second story, this is camp, so to speak, started in 2012. These things have been going on under the radar for many, many years. And the latest fad in this whole agenda has been the transgender agenda. Before that, it was just sexuality in general that was kept secret deliberately from parents. There are all these third-party groups that are hired by school systems across the United States that are brought in with handouts of the most perverted kind of information. But the teachers themselves have sort of, you know, their fingerprints, so to speak, aren't on it directly because they bring in these other groups and they give out this information. And the parents are not informed. A lot of these are middle school kids who don't share with their parents or do. And once in a while, the parents will find out and it just becomes a, you know, a fight because this is the philosophy of the schools in the United States that the children of America belong to the teachers and to the teachers union. And that is why there is such anger amongst the left 
where parents are asserting, these are our kids. These, we get to have a say. In fact, we have the main say as to what our children are taught. And the, the left does not agree. And that is the basic battle right now is to whose children are they? And the left believes they are society's children and they have the right to teach as much perversion, and that's my word, as they can get away with. And so far, they've gotten away with it for a long time. And only now are people waking up to, wait a minute, what what is being taught here? And they're looking into it. And we still have only uncovered the tip of the iceberg. And that's a frightening thought. I want to turn yeah. your attention and, and our attention to what happened at Yale University. There was a free speech debate. I've been reading about this all week. And Yale University Law School, these are lawyers in training that are supposedly getting their education from one of the top two law schools in America. People regard Harvard Law as number one and Yale as number two or vice versa. At this, this was a, a, a normal, you know, kind of, it was supposed to be a debate between two folks or a conversation. And the students actually close to rioted in there because they didn't want to hear from the conservative panelists. They were literally yelling to her, literally fight you, bitch. And that's what they would do. They would literally, we're going to literally fight you, bitch. And that's what they were. These are law students that were yelling to a conservative speaker who was defending free speech. Now, this is laws. This is this is not some run of the mill ghetto school. This is. And by the way, if anybody's offended by that, too bad. Go visit your local ghetto school and then talk to me about it. Um, Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I said it. This is not your average run-of-the-mill ghetto school. This is the ghetto school at Harvard, at, at Yale Law School. Well, there's a federal judge now that has been looking at this, and he's saying, whoa, maybe we ought to consider who we're hiring from Yale. What do you think is going on here? Well, first of all, this is absolutely normal for all elite universities. And like the same, same thing happens with regards to education of young children and sexuality happens in our elite universities and all universities. This sort of leftist mobilization, mob action, they call it direct action to shut down speakers, happens every minute of every day in every university in America. So the fact that this made the news is highly unusual because there were about 100 students who shouted down this free speech seminar. Now, there are the two people who were scheduled to speak, one was uh, Kristen Wagoner, She's general counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom, which uh, protects religious freedom. They are named by the Southern Poverty Law Center as a hate group. So that is one of the motivations of any kind of leftist student group. They just look at the SPLC hate group list. They see these people are on it, and that justifies any kind of vicious intimidation that they can come up with at the time. And she was debating, Kristen Wagoner was debating Monica Miller, 
who is the legal director at the American Humanist Association, and her record is basically fighting establishment clause cases. In other words, trying to take religion out of any kind of legal um, official status across America. She's also an attorney for the Non-Human Rights Project. She wants personhood rights for animals. <laughs> that <laughs> hasn't made it into any of the, of the reporting. But because the conservative, Kristen Wagoner, after this experience of being intimidated and chased off of the campus, she went on Fox News. And that's how this has been covered somewhat, because what happened to her is not unusual. And in fact, all of the leftist sources are downplaying this completely. They are focusing on the speech rights uh, corralling by this circuit judge, Lawrence Silberman, who basically sent an email to all federal judges in the United States and, and saying, you know, don't hire these this this mob for your law clerks. And so the leftist media is upset at his email, not at what happened in this in this event, which, you know, Yale itself is saying, oh, it wasn't that bad. The people may have been drowned out for a while, but then they went on to have their events. So nothing bad happened. The fact the police escorted them out of there. It doesn't mean anything. It didn't really have to happen that, you know, they're claiming that the, the fact that you could hear them in, in a recording, you could hear them screaming and yelling and then going into the hallway and screaming and yelling and pounding and pounding on the walls. That was just their free speech. And so the left is justifying it and they're right to in a way because there wasn't anything unusual. They do this sort of thing all the time. And why this one conservative went on Fox News and made a big thing of it is the problem. Unbelievable. Now, this Southern, uh, what is it, the Southern Law of the Thing? Southern Poverty Law Center, FTL. These people are being sued because they put every right-wing group on. They just hate the right wing. And they just, this is allegedly, hate the right wing. And they are they are being sued right now by a lot of people who said, we are not some kind of terrorist group. We're just right. enunciating our political beliefs. And, and they are being targeted by this group. So they're they're under lawsuit right now, and it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Well, you know that there have been people, unhinged people, who have used this hate group list to commit violence, and that is never brought out. You know the the fellow that who person shot that was the, shot in Washington D.C. Yes, yes, and there was a, a another group where there was a security guard who was injured. I believe he was stabbed based on someone looking at this hate group list and committing violence. So there is a problem there, but that's what motivated these these students as well. All right, last one. I'm going to ask you your opinion. The esteemed journalist Bob Woodward from the Watergate days is now Ugh. saying that President Donald Trump acted criminally in response to COVID. What? <laughs> what are you? I'm not oh going to even comment on it because I have to watch my language. I just, this this guy, I can't stand him. What you do you think? The, you see the name Woodward in a headline and you just, you know, I'm sorry. I had to force myself to read it because it's like, who cares? This, in fact, 
is based on his interviewing for his uh, 2020 book called Rage. And he interviewed Trump 18 times. Now, why Trump allowed this during in the White House is a, another issue. But the book came out in September 2020. And this story made the rounds then that Trump basically his his point of view was he didn't want to create a panic. And so even though he was briefed by some who who claimed that this virus was deadly and was going to kill hundreds of thousands of people, that he did not want to create a panic. And so he did not repeat that information. And so that at the time, Woodward and others, you know, this was like a three-day news story about how horrible Trump was for not revealing that at the time. And so now he's trying to rerun this same story and gin up the same outrage. So, you know, to me, this this idea that he downplayed it to protect the public from having a panic is a legitimate presidential function. And at the time, you know, it didn't really upset the public uh, any more than they were. This idea that he kind of, you know, tried to keep this the public. And at the same time, he closed travel from China and then Europe. So his actions showed that he was being protective of the American public, and he only revealed the information in his way over time. So the fact that they're trying to rerun this same story tells you they got nothing. Bob Woodward, yeah, this is what you this is this is the left journalist. Yeah, he wants to be the new incarnation of Edward R. Murrow, but guess what? Nobody's buying. Bob. Yeah, and and his colleague Bernstein, of course, is saying this is worse than Watergate because he says that every minute everything's every worse than Watergate because that's <laughs> yeah. the only thing he has to hang his hat on. Watergate, <laughs> yeah. all you know what? Most people in this country don't even know what Watergate was anymore. <laughs> Watergate, the princess of policy, Diana. Me, always always a pleasure, Your Majesty, to hear from you, and we look forward to next week. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sir James. 